This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Yes, yes. We're taking our time out from spending the day with our families for this incredible podcast. And if you believe that, whatever. Sure we are. It's Thanksgiving Day, and we are so happy that you're taking time out either on this day with your family or this crazy Black Friday weekend. Maybe you're taking a moment to escape the madness to spend some time with us. So It is Thanksgiving Day when you're listening to this. So that's all that matters because you're trying to get away from your family for a few minutes. And Shane and Tanya was the relaxation that you needed. Welcome. We're like visiting the spa after you eat your turkey, right? Spa, listen to I Forward podcast, a virtually the same thing. Have you ever been to a spa? Once. The way you said once, I'm thinking you did not enjoy it. It was not enjoyable to me. My favorite response from a spa experience, we were at the Arlington and Hot Springs and and several of us had gone as a group together for New Year's Eve. And I had been talking up the spa there because it's the oldest spa in the country and it's just really cool. They still use in their whirlpool tubs, they use these big giant motors and it's a very historic experience. And that night at dinner, because the ladies went to the lady spa and the guys went to the guy spa and, and we're discussing it at dinner. And one of the guys was like, I am never doing this again. He said, that guy rubbed me behind the ears like a hound dog. <laughs> I would have loved to not have been dug deep into the flesh the way I was dug deep into. It was not pleasant. Daniel loves it. He'll go for 90 minutes. And after about five, six minutes, I'm like, okay, can I just get up and read a book? Like in just, uh, I'm done. I can't be still that long. But anyway, not quite sure how we got on that tangent, but happy Thanksgiving and so many things to be thankful for right now with our businesses. But also as we enter day 6,789 of the hard market, it's one of those days that it's a little bit harder for some of us to have our normal layer of gratitude. And there's so many things that are going wrong that we're seeing within our agencies and negativity from our customers. It may be a stretch, but just go with me on this. It brought to mind the idea of the original pilgrims on the Mayflower and like the craziness that they went through to create this world that they wanted, right? And there there are so many things that are similar, but different. Very similar to an Atlantic crossing in a wind-powered sailboat. This was a wine cask barge. Let's just start there, right? So when they decided to do this, there were two boats. There was the the Mayflower and the was it the Speedwell, something like that. Speed something. It was a Speedwell. So there were two boats, right? These were not cross Atlantic voyage sailboat things. These were literally barges that were designed to load wine on and take it down the river. So first of all, they didn't have the right equipment, right? So let's just start there. Let's just start with the 1600s. So to your point, this was not comfort. There was no spa. There was no spa. And it was a rough time. Of course, that's how bad it was for them to fly the coop. Let's just think about our world compared to that. 
if you need to find a positive outlook on life, thinking about the pilgrims this day and time during this season and what they went through in the 1600s. On a boat the size of a volleyball court. Let's just go there and think about a volleyball court. Now, what kind of faith do you have? To get on a wine barge the size of a volleyball court with 103 of your closest friends, three pregnant wives, and a third of them were children. That would take a lot of faith. It would take a lot of guts. Just the reality of what they would have endured. It's really good perspective to think about this. And this is not the same thing, but just what has happened in the last 100 to 150 years, the comforts of society that this group of people on this boat did not have. They were on the Atlantic for 66 days, but they were like right at two months later getting started because as they started sailing, then the second ship that wasn't the Mayflower started leaking. And so they were on the boat two months longer than they were supposed to be because of it. Okay, so I'm not a, a 1600s educated sailor. I, I'm not familiar with barge type ships the size of volleyball courts, but uh, where was the latrine? That's a fair question, right? Think about the comforts we have. Hey, hey, you want me to go grab you a water? Hey, do you want a snack before dinner? Hey, I'm going to run to the restroom. What does that look like in 1620? On this what ship. does it look like for the person whose job it was to empty the slop buckets overboard? <laughs> Let's just put the hard marketed perspective here. <laughs> but you know, if you think about it, they were in the mid-Atlantic. The water at this time of year, because they were so late leaving, was so cold that the U.S. Navy did a study on this talking about how if someone was in the water for three minutes, there was no way they would have survived. So this is a level of cold that I don't deal with. I, I live in Florida for a reason, right? It's been in the 60s here this week, and I've been complaining that it was cold. I bought a coat this week because it was 60 degrees. And so this is a level of uncomfortableness. Then the storms start. You're halfway across the Atlantic. And the idea that they had such an incredible leader that was able to remind them that all of this hardship, all of this fear, all of this panic, that there is a why behind it to keep going. Because it would have been really easy to give up and turn around and go home. And I'm not going to say I wouldn't have been one of those people. Maybe this is what I signed up for. Maybe it's not. But when it gets that hard, until you're actually in that situation, you don't know whether or not you would be the one that would say, this was a really bad idea. Let's just go home. We always like to think that we know how we would respond to something that happens. I'm not a military veteran. Very fresh on my mind coming out of Veterans Day recently. You just think, okay, I would have done this. We play armchair quarterback in battle scenarios or in different kinds of things in our minds. And the reality of it is you don't know how your response is going to be until the moment that happens. We can put ourselves there and say, oh yeah, we would have sucked it up, but we don't know that. Nobody really knows that until you're in a situation and you've gone through it and you've gone through the fire. Did you know that there were goats on the Mayflower? They took sheep and goats and chickens and two dogs. I don't know why that doesn't surprise me. Animals, livestock, that was a possession of wealth back then. That livestock produced for them food, drink. They were necessary for living, for surviving, not the dogs. But 
And Hopefully. one of the dogs was a Mastiff, just so you know. We're not really? talking like a Maribel Chihuahua here or yeah, a Romeo. So they, it was so, a Mastiff. So they took up space. The dog took yes. up space. To me, the grossest part of the journey is the idea that this was a time in the world where we thought that too much fresh air was a bad idea. And so you tried to stay under deck as much as possible because fresh air would kill you. And why would fresh air kill you? I don't know the answer to that question. It was one of those. It was like they thought bathing was bad for you. I love history, but I'm not a social history person. So that's new information for me that they thought that fresh air was bad for you. And there was no bathing on board. There was no way to do that. And of course, you, you because you didn't do that. That wasn't a thing. Bathing was bad. That much water was bad. So all of that being said, it goes back to the idea that a woman gave birth amidst all of that. And well, I just can't even imagine that. Let's just go there. But all of that being said, back to the idea of our agencies. And I love the perspective that this gives us. But it's also one of those things that I don't want to make it sound like we're saying that just because this sounds worse, the situation that you're in could be just as bad for you because our social norms have changed. So coming out of this, coming out of this whole journey, they've landed basically at Cape Cod in December. And while Cape Cod in December is absolutely lovely, there's really nothing there because they're 500 miles north of where they're supposed to be in Virginia. Nothing is as it was supposed to be. And so they've landed. They're at a beach, basically. It's freezing and nothing is living up to their expectations on this journey. How do we as business owners apply this idea of nothing right now is as we expected? What did the pilgrims do? I think it turned into an infinite game situation. It became about survival. It became about staying in the game. That is a relatable perspective for us as agency owners. Right now, the goal is to stay in the game and live another day and live another week and live another month and let those things add up. This should be our mindset all the time, any market cycles, because this is one of my things. The goal should be to flat out stay in the game. The goal is never to just make money. To quote one of my mentors, making money is a result of other things. You do have to make a profit to stay in business. Otherwise, you're going to go get a job, do something else to feed your family, make a living. So the given nature of being in business is that you have to turn a profit. But the purpose of being in business for yourself should never be just to make money. There's other ways to make money. The goal should be to stay in the game, to stay in business, to to play that infinite game. That relates really well to where the pilgrims were, when they landed, when they hit ground. The reason for this is if you're thinking infinite game, if you're thinking that the goal of your business is to stay in business, then when the market changes, when bad stuff happens, you ebb and flow. You can change. You can shift. You can go a different direction. Think about the pilgrims for a second. When they landed and realized this is not Virginia, now what? The game changed. Everything changed from the point that they left. When they leave initially, so many different things happen all the way to the point of landing at the wrong place that if they're in this 
single focused game of their version of make money, we've got to make it to Virginia or else, then what happens when you miss your target? What happens when you lose a carrier? What happens when you lose a customer? Do you just throw your hands up and say, forget it, I'm done? Or are you positioning yourself to be about staying in the game and you're able to make that adjustment and continue growing and building what you started? Going back to sports, Chuck Knoll has a quote that I've kept in my mind for years. A life of frustration is inevitable for any coach whose main enjoyment is winning. I've always found that quote fascinating because as people who watch sports, that's our goal, right? We want to see our team win. But I see the things, for instance, that Coach Saban does for his players at Alabama and how he helps players grow not only on the field, but as human beings, as student athletes and beyond student athletes to being a future husband, a future dad, a friend, a good son. This is one of those things to me that if in business, the only reason we're doing this is to win, times like this are going to be really hard. The reality that what the pilgrims went through, I do think about stuff like this a lot, actually. And it's usually more centered around trips across the country or long drives and just crossing a bridge, a river, and then thinking, what did they do in 18 whatever when they were moving out west in a wagon and crossed that ridge and were like, oh, crap river. What do we do? I complain about a four-hour flight to get from Pensacola to LAX, and I'm like walking up and down the aisles to keep from going crazy. So I just can't even imagine being on a boat in the freezing cold Atlantic for 66 days, right? No, I'm not that uh, person. First world problems is very catchy here. That is a, a really good perspective for us to have. We own insurance agencies. Businesses, for the most part, that are successful. Most of the listeners are either successful or headed towards success, growing, starting. That's a good place to be. Big picture, infinite game mindset, even as bad as the market is, losing a carrier, keeping carriers that are there but not writing new business. There's a lot of stuff here that we can still be incredibly thankful for if we will see it through the right lens, if we will think about these perspectives of where people were at some of these examples, instead of looking across the street or down the hall or across the country and say, look at that person's social media and look how great their life is. You don't know that. Their life may be terrible. This fits into that comparisons, the thief of joy concept as well, is why do we think that our world is so terrible in the first place? Even when things are not going well, even when the market's hard, why do we naturally go to the my world is crumbling type of mindset? I really think part of that is generational. If you look back at the generations that came before us, if you look back at we're discussing today, the beginnings of our country, the whole idea that hard is bad is new and started with our generation. When you look at our boomers, when you look at the generation that were World War II, World War I, our Vietnam veterans, going back to the Civil War and Thanksgiving, we have Abraham Lincoln's proclamation. 
for Thanksgiving. And But going back, it was that whole idea of the hard stuff, the hot seat, refined us and made us great. And our generation and beyond, we're so used to the good and the comfort and the perfection of life that we've forgotten that the hard stuff is what gets us there. Hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. It's something along that line. We're coming on the heels of this inflationary cycle and interest rates are back to where they were 20 years ago. We are not in a high interest rate cycle. We are in a normal interest rate cycle, but it was so depressed for so long that we have multiple generations. We have people who have forgotten that this was once a normal cycle. Interest rates at near zero, Fed funds rate near zero, mortgage rates at 3% is not normal. It has never been normal and it probably should never be normalized. I'm sorry for someone who's trying to buy a home or build a home right now. I get it. But when I built my home, My initial interest rate was like six and a half. I did end up refinancing it once, but at the same time, that didn't change the fact that at six and a half, I built my house. The fact that this has happened doesn't mean that the world is on fire and the world is collapsing. That's the natural thing that we go to because we haven't experienced hard times and we haven't gone through that as a whole. We've had the Great Recession. We had the 2008 crisis that took us into that Great Recession, but we spent our way out of it. We bailed some people out. We did some things. And in hindsight, was that a good deal or bad deal? History will tell long term. That is exactly what you're talking about, is that we have forgotten or never known a hard time. And yet here we are. And we're tired because COVID. And then we didn't really know what to do with COVID. If you were healthy through COVID, if you were sick or had loved ones or lost loved ones, then you have one perspective. If you were healthy and you got to work from home and your kids got a six month school vacation and all those things, then COVID felt pretty good at times. There's different perspectives on that out in the marketplace and in society. But now we hit this inflation cycle. Now we've hit this hard market cycle in the insurance business. Interest rates are up and we're like, the world's on fire. The sky is falling. That is just not true historically. When spring came for the pilgrims and they realized that in this new place, they were completely unprepared. First of all, very few of the pilgrims were farmers. They were primarily blue collar workers. And then they brought a group of people with them to help them build housing and build huts. But they weren't farmers. They had learned about farming in Europe. But when they got to the new world, they had the wrong seed and the wrong ideas. And and you don't farm the same way in Massachusetts that you do in Holland. It's just a completely different world. They had to find the right seeds. They had to find the right people to help them. They had to go outside of this box and this idea, this expectation. And that is what I see the best, most successful agents doing right now. They're saying, okay, I've been using these seeds all this time. This was my plan. But now, okay, I've got to go find the new seeds. I've got to go find the people that can help me be successful in the situation that I'm currently in. It goes back to the idea of making this 6, 12, 18-month plan, but doing those six-week check-ins and finding the new seeds when you need them. In-game adjustments. At bat, 
adjustments. There's the sports comparison to this. You go in with a game plan, you know the starting pitcher, you've got scouting reports on that pitcher. This pitcher does this, does that. You have to be able to make adjustments. In this day and time, you may face six, seven pitchers in a single game as a team, as a hitter. You may face over four at-bats in a nine-inning game. There's a really good chance you're going to face at least three different pitchers. Think about applying that to this strategy Tanya is talking about, the adjustment strategy. And yes, have the plan. Yes, go at it as if you're going to commit to this and you're going to go and you're going to be focused on it. But don't strap yourself into the point that you can't adjust because adjustments, just like sports, are necessary. I have a pattern over the last 20 years of change. I know that I try to be a little less change oriented these days because it's not a small boat anymore. It's bigger than a volleyball court. It's a lot bigger than a volleyball court. Yes, today. But 20 years ago, we were in a dinghy and we could paddle any direction we needed any day. We could change directions to three times a week. Everybody could do that. No big deal. Now you got to signal a little bit. You got to put some thought into it. You've got to be sure that you get all the pieces on the boat with you. You can't leave a piece out there stranded on an island by itself. And then there's a little bit from a leadership standpoint of you got to go and sometimes you got to turn around, go back and pull them with you. And there's that type of element that you have to do. All of this is infinite game mindset, in-game adjustment, at-bat adjustments. You can tell the great coach, coach, teams, football teams during football season that make halftime adjustments. Talking about Coach Saban, we know that I'm not a Bama fan, right? If you've ever listened to our podcast, we know this, but I am a huge Nick Saban fan. And looking at his record this year, looking at first half and then the adjustments that he's making to come back and have successful second halves, Think about if we focused on making those kind of adjustments now, what will the second half of this hard market look like for our agencies? Or what will your agency be able to do coming out of this hard market? Because it's going to shift. We're going to come out of it. Do you have the right infrastructure? Are you still investing in that? Are you still preparing for that next growth wave? The strong, really good agencies are doing that. They are making those adjustments to get ready to do that. Fresh on my mind, I followed the Kansas Jayhawk basketball team the last couple of years because I have a daughter that's going to the University of Kansas, so very connected there. And I've just been amazed over the last few years at that halftime adjustment. Just the other night against a young athletic Kentucky team, they were down by 12 coming out basically early part of the second half and win by five, 17 point swing over the second half. And it's about those adjustments. I'm not even sure they're more talented. Looking at the Kentucky team, watching some of that game the other night, Kentucky's extremely athletic, maybe just roster to roster on paper, more NBA prospects coached as well, but something's just different with Kansas. They're just able to make that adjustment like Alabama in football, Bill Self, Nick Saban. There's just a lot of similarities there. Nick Saban, the first couple of games of the year, the quarterback, Milrose, they were talking about how terrible he was. Now he's the best quarterback, according to some people, that Alabama's ever had. I don't know. 
I don't understand those types of comments, but at the same time, the adjustment factor is huge. And that's the takeaway here. That's it. That's what this whole topic from pilgrims and their voyage and 1600s and how bad it was and not having the comforts and what we have today with technology and the natural comforts that we forget. I can go to my refrigerator right now and I can get some ice. They could not do that. And it comes out of a little spout on the front of it. It just spits it at you. You don't even have to use a scoop. That's right. I've been on two hunting trips to Alaska, north of the Arctic Circle, where it was iced over, but we could not get ice other than your drink icing over. When you're used to having ice in your drink and you can't put it in there, like you don't have access to ice. Tell somebody from 100 years ago, let one of your great grandparents show up on your doorstep and say, hey, you want some ice? And they're going to be like, you're going to chip it off the big block? Is it ice day? We are so spoiled and it changes our perspectives. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you're enjoying your day with your family or if you're having Friendsgiving, I hope you're enjoying your day with friends. It's a day of football, a day of gratitude. It's rivalry weekend. I can't wait to be in Baton Rouge on Saturday morning to watch LSU take on Texas A&M for our last game of the year. I don't always love brunch games, but uh, historically, we always played a brunch game for Arkansas. So to have a brunch game this year, just it really feels more like Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm going to enjoy some more dressing and some chocolate pie and talk to y'all next time. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Craig Ferguson. I like football. I find it's an exciting strategic game. It's a great way to avoid conversation with your family at Thanksgiving. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com. Come.